Record-breaking prices at the pump. People are stunned by today's gas prices. Oh my God. Why did gas get so expensive? The reason for that is because of Putin's war. The trouble with blaming Putin's war is that most of the price rise came before Ukraine was attacked. So some politicians blame price gouging and corporate greed. Rising gas prices, smacks of price gouging. Excess profit. Well, they just raised the price to make more money. Well, if big oil could raise prices anytime they wanted and get away with it, then why were they so cheap in 2020, 2019, 2018? Ben Lieberman of the Competitive Enterprise Institute rightly points out that companies are always greedy. The greed didn't just start now. Prices change because of supply and demand. During COVID, with fewer people driving, the price of oil dropped. So oil drillers did less drilling. Now people are driving again, but it takes time for the producers to adjust. The truth is, it takes months, not days, for companies to increase production. The president gets that, but he ignores how his policies reduce production. He just canceled a long-planned sale of offshore oil rights. Before that, Biden stopped drilling in the Arctic. No more drilling on federal lands, period, 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 period. Why stop drilling? I'm refusing to sell out the Arctic National Wildlife Reserve to oil and gas drilling. But drilling has long been done without selling out nature. It leaves only a tiny footprint on massive land areas. We typically put multiple wells on a single pad, reaching in different directions deep underground to minimize disturbance to the surface. Drilling in Anwar would have used less than one-tenth of one percent of the land. The real reason Biden cracked down on drilling is because his supporters want less oil produced, claiming that'll slow climate change. Now activists want Biden to kill what they call the Black Snake Pipeline, which would bring oil from Canada to Wisconsin. They've already delayed it five years. They delayed the Keystone Pipeline 16 years until Biden killed it altogether. Since Keystone alone cost pipeline companies $15 billion, who would ever try it again? But it sends a strong signal that others shouldn't even bother because they'll run up against a buzzsaw. It's so counterproductive. Killing pipelines doesn't even help the environment. Oil still gets shipped, but by more polluting methods. Trucks, trains, barges, all of which increase the risk of spills. 9,000 gallons of fuel ended up on the highway after this tanker truck crashed. One final example of our stupid energy politics. Last fall, this grandstanding California congressman scolded oil executives. Are you embarrassed as an American company that your production is going up? They produce too much oil, he said. Would you commit to reducing production of oil? We're committing to lowering our emissions. No, are you committed to lowering the production? We're going to lower emissions, which is the okay, source of Okay, I'll take that as a no. Absurdly, now that gas prices are up, the congressman goes on TV to say they should produce more oil. And they're still not increasing the productions. We asked Kana for an interview. He declined. They aren't increasing production. It's amazing what $4 a gallon gasoline in an election year will do to, uh, to cause some people to change their minds. Still, the protesters aren't totally crazy. We have to protect the earth, and sometimes the market isn't the best director. There is pollution, and there is a reason to, uh, to want to address it at times, but we have to be realistic about the fact that these threats are 
repeatedly exaggerated. In the public debate, you're losing. They're winning. We fit in the we fit in the At $4 a gallon gasoline, I think we're seeing a rethinking of the climate agenda. Too many families are struggling to keep up with their bills. Biden shifted focus at his State of the Union. I get it. That's why my top priority is getting prices under control. They're having to respond because gasoline prices are very unpopular and it's an election year. But in truth, they want to force people away from fossil fuels. It's a very painful process, but that's what they really want. Climate change poses an existential mm -hmm. threat to our lives. The Biden administration either has to choose between affordable energy or the climate agenda. It can't do both. Thanks for watching. If you like these videos, please subscribe and hit the notification bell to make sure you get the next one. Stop eating this genetically modified crap. People pay more for food because protesters like these convince us that organic is better. Consider going organic as if your life depends on it. <laughs> this person being arrested at the White House is Alexis Badenmeier, political director of the Organic Consumers Association. You make poor parents feel bad that they can't afford to pay triple the cost to buy their kids organic foods they've been f fooled into thinking is better. That's the safest with the fewest pesticides. And I Cost know three times as much. So there are certain things that are more expensive, like a dozen eggs. But the nutrition is a huge difference. No, it isn't. Studies find little difference. It's not worth the triple the price. It is. It's worth it. Look, if you want to pay three times more, that's your right. But it's remarkable that a small group of scientifically illiterate people has convinced most Americans that organic is better and worse, convince the government to force all of us to pay more. Are GMOs making you sick? Now they're obsessing about bioengineered food. Companies who profit from altering DNA are declaring open season on all parts of nature. They say GMOs, genetically modified organisms, poison us. This is nonsense. Modifying DNA may sound creepy, but people have crossbred plants and animals for years. You think a poodle's natural? The corn we have today, there's nothing natural about that. What the native people ate, we'd find inedible. What an ignorant thing to say. Well, I've tried to eat the stuff. It's you've, nothing like modern corn. You've tried to eat those na native dry, corn varieties. Native corn, those dry <laughs> kernels. I mean, you can mock me, but what's your answer? <laughs> You're just saying like indigenous corn is like somehow inferior because you've seen it dried and it has tiny little kernels. Yeah nearly inedible kernels. That's another myth of the industry. It's, but people like you believe that. Yes, and I also believe it's good that genetic modification now lets us alter nature more precisely. We can go directly to the DNA responsible. That gives us plants that taste better, plants more resistant to disease, even plants that save lives. Vitamin A deficiency is a silent killer. Each year, at least a half million children go blind or die for lack of this crucial micronutrient. But now genetic modification can stop that by adding vitamin A. Scientists did that to rice they call golden rice. I have heard of golden rice, 
That was a project that all of the chemical companies invested in. It was the big savior. We were going to have Prevented a- Prevented blindness. Right. But because people in poor countries listen to groups like hers and become fearful that Americans want to poison them, activists have stopped golden rice research. Hundreds of environmental activists stormed a Philippines government test field. They uprooted and destroyed all the plants. Golden rice hasn't succeeded partly because scientifically ignorant fools like you have convinced the world that it's harmful when it isn't. I knew at a certain point you would resort to name calling, but it doesn't change the science on this. Golden rice may still succeed because the more educated skeptics now understand they were utterly wrong about GMOs. The New York Times points out that many environmental groups have quietly walked back their opposition. The science is clear, says a former opponent in the Wall Street Journal. They're perfectly safe. Hey, hey. No but the hardcore organic zealots will not be convinced. Badenmeier claims GMOs cause cancer. We're using more GMOs than ever. There's less cancer now, and lifespans keep increasing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where you're getting your facts. Lifespans aren't increasing? One out of two of us, half of us will get cancer in our lifetime. Because we live long enough to get cancer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't think that's true? No, I don't. You don't think we're living longer? Compared to when, 100 years ago? Compared to 10 years ago, compared really? to 20 years ago. I'd like ago. to see your stats on that. Okay, here are the stats. The lifespan change in America over the past 100 years. The GMO issue just has not been investigated enough. It will never be investigated enough to satisfy these people. So when the National Academy of Sciences in their 600-page report calls GMOs safe, they're just making stuff up? Yeah. Yeah. She's convinced another group of ignorant people, politicians. Why don't we just put it on the package? The USDA's new rules for labeling genetically modified foods took effect today. Congress now has ruled that any food with GMOs must be labeled. Some politicians think that's free. It doesn't cost anymore. This idea that this is, a, this is an effort that will raise food prices is ridiculous. But it does, by millions if not billions of dollars. The organic promoters are wrong on the costs and wrong on the science. But they've won the battle of public opinion. People willingly pay more for food that's no better. And overseas, people go blind and die because natural food zealots convince people that wonderful breakthroughs like GMOs are really seeds of death. Causes infertility, it causes immune system failure, it causes holes in the GI tract, it causes multiple organ system failure. I can hear the government planners now. No plan? Spontaneous order? Maybe that's okay for things like ice skating, but when it comes to important projects like building roads, you obviously need government central planning. Have a lovely day. But Bye. you don't. Why are these British toll booth workers cheerful? Thank you very much. Because they work for a man who built a private road. It's amazing and kudos to him because not many people have an idea and actually follow it through. Heavy rains had damaged the local highway. The government promised it would repair the road quickly, but... After three weeks, they said, that's going to be three months. 
After three months, they said it's going to be a year. My wife said, you should put down some hardcore, make it a bit more safe, and um, charge a toll fee. And I said, well, I think I could build this road. But you're not a road builder. I'm not. But at the local pub, he asked a farmer who owned land near the damaged highway, can I build a road on your land? We shook hands. He said, build it, use my land. If there's any profit at the end of it, we'll split it. We had another pint of beer, and then I went home and I woke up in the morning and thought, how the hell do you build a road? And yet, Mike was able to build this private road in just 12 days. To get the money for it, he and his wife went to a bank. We gave a letter to say we would sell our house. And with their house on the line, Mike built this road. Private road just means privately built. Anyone who pays three bucks can use it, and thousands do. Do you like it? Yeah, it does, does the job, doesn't it? Absolutely brilliant. I hope the bloke makes a million quid out of it. It saved us so much time and money. We've got two toll operators on 24 hours a day. British toll roads like this happen to be how we got the word turnpike. They would have two guards either end of the toll road, um, and they would have a pike. Once they'd paid their toll fee, they would then turn the pike and let the people through. Mike's road has no gate, but few drivers cheat. Probably three people have actually driven through and not paid because everyone is so happy. If only the council could have thought of it themselves. The government council's leader says they did think about it, but... As a council, we couldn't have uh, put in a temporary toll road because we are, we are bound as a council to, to make uh, anything that we build conform to highway standards. His government's standards will raise the cost of fixing the road to about $4 million. But Mike built his road for less than $300,000. Where does their money go? They're caught within all this bureaucracy and the red tape. They've got to do this, they've got to do that. Spontaneity's great, but we can't just do what you want. The bureaucrats almost killed off Mike's road with endless objections. Objections to signage, there's objections to drainage. We've had to spend £5,000 to get a guy to drill a hole and tell us that the road is not impacting on what's going on down below. The 11th hour, we've come up with the fact that we didn't do any archaeological um, investigations before we built this road. Archaeological dig to look for old kings and queens, or what? It's just another objection. I've got a file full of paper, and that's only the little bit that I've printed out. I mean, it's just taken thousands of pounds from consultants' fees to prepare all this paperwork. And yet you still built the road for a tenth what the government was going to pay. In, well, less than. Once Mike started giving interviews, the government opened its road more quickly. Just two pounds, then, please. So Mike's out of the road business. He managed to break even, and he learned something that everyone should know. Around the world, we've just gone too far in regulation, just too far. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani, and I'm back with Rudy's Common Sense. This episode is going to, I think, shock you, and many of you. Those of you who have been watching Fauci carefully, maybe not. If you read some of the books, uh, the Kennedy book and others, you might be prepared for this. If you haven't, uh, what's the warning they give, you know, when you're going to show something terrible? Just be warned. This is like uh, really, to me, having been a prosecutor, very, very uh, sensitive to conflict of interest. It's pretty disgusting stuff. And the hiding going on here is very, very suspicious. 
So I have with me Dr. Maria Ryan. Dr. Ryan, as you know, is one of the people that probably at the earliest stage outlined for us what was going on. It's actually quite remarkable that even before we were on the air, which was right at the very beginning, she would explain to me exactly what it, what it was and how it was going to happen. And uh, she put Dr. She interviewed Dr. Yan, the first interview of Dr. Yan, and helped her really acclimate herself. And uh, I think she felt good communicating not only with a woman, but with a woman who's a scientist. Um, Dr. Ryan is a nurse practitioner and a PhD in, in hospital uh, management. She was the she was the president of Cottage Hospital, and she was, I think, seven times in a row selected as the leading uh, rural hospital CEO in the country. And she also has a deep, deep scientific background. It would take too long to describe it all. But I think those of you who watch this podcast, you, you know her expertise is right at the very top. So let's talk to her about something that has just come up, two things really that are fairly new and haven't been examined, but are very, very concerned. Maria, welcome. I'm, thank you. I'm glad to be here today. And I think the term you were looking for is viewer discretion advised. Viewer discretion <laughs> advised. I'm going to get like a little, uh, one of those little chirons, you know, viewer discretion advised. Now. Uh, so big news, big, big news. Well, so tell us the, 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 first, the first one, if you don't mind. Yes. Because it's a little bit, I guess this is a little older. This is the royalty checks that were going to NIA and... NIAH employees, yes, uh, which were uh, disclosed back in 2005 briefly, yes, and then they disappeared. No disclosure for years and years and years, making one think that there weren't any anymore. And then it turns out that these people, which include Fauci quite mm -hmm. prominently, correct, were getting checks from other than the government. Right. So back in 2005, the I don't know what triggered the Associated Press, but they did an FOIA, which is a Freedom of Information Act request for documents. And they discovered a lot of royalty checks. I don't know what happened back then, whether they were going to do any kind of oversight, meaning the government, but it got it was quiet, very, very quiet. And then recently, Open Books, last year actually, put in an FOIA for documents related to this. Well, the NIH, which is the National Institute of Health, kept stalling, 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 stalling. They weren't anxious for uh, open books to have an open book? No, they weren't anxious, <laughs> even though they're a government funded, which means your tax dollars, my tax dollars, and your tax dollars. Um, so we have every right for transparency, but they fought it. So my understanding is open books hire Judicial Watch. Who probably are one of the leading uh, organizations and have gotten some of the most damaging documents ever. Mm. Uh, and uh, do documents that helped me a great deal in defending President Trump. And now documents that are extremely revealing as to the uh, irregularities <laughs> or fraud, if you will, in the uh, 2020 election. So uh, Judicial Watch sues, wins. They have to be transparent. They estimate about 3,000 documents, but only 1,200 so far have been released and they're heavily redacted. The time period is 2009 to 2014. And the issue right now is it's so heavily redacted. We can see royalty payments who've 
they've gone to. Like we know Dr. Fauci, who has a government salary already to do his work, over $450,000 a year, received 23 royalty payments during that time. We know Francis Collins, Dr. Francis Collins, who has since retired, he was the director of the NIH, and um, he deci- he retired in December. His salary was a lot less, under $300,000, so he's already getting paid to do work, but he received 14 royalty checks during that time period. And then Dr. Fauci, under the NIAH, which is the National Institute of Infectious Disease and Allergies, his deputy director received multiple payments. Now, it's estimated that it's been a flow of about $350 million. But with what they've gotten so far, they are tracking about $154 million. Could you define a little better? You say all of these royalty checks, the, the estimate is that if you get all of them, Yep. It would come to about $350 million yeah. in royalty checks. In royalty checks. Of which they think they've got less than half. Correct. That is correct. But they don't know because they've redacted the money. They're so heavily redacted. Not only is the money redacted, what companies gave those royalty checks? No. Yeah. So Big Pharma, was it Pfizer? And I have a lot of people, because we have a, a, a hit radio show, a lot of people contact us and say, you know what, we know there's a lot of issues with transparency, with censorship, and I've given up because nothing ever happens. I'm telling people, hold on. I think things are going to happen. Things are opening up. So there's a new acting director of the NIH, National Institute of Health. His name is Lawrence Tabak, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. T-A-B-A-K. A-K, Tabak. Yep. So he was asked to come before the House Appropriations Subcommittee, and it was under this venue that we're hearing this information. And this is blockbuster, right? When you think, think of this, Rudy, $30 billion is the budget that the NIH has in, in, in also Dr. Fauci's uh, National Institute of Infectious Diseases and Allergies. They're two separate, but, you know, between the two, I believe they can give out $30 billion. That's very influential, right? So who gets that? They see about 56,000 recipients got those grants. So, okay, if they went through a, a, a process and they got the grants and there's no funny business, okay, great. They're going to do research. It's going to help the scientific community, it's going to help mankind. I'm all good with that. But the fact that some of these people who got grants, then in return, now this is what's crazy to me, not only does the Institute receive money, but individual scientists, how can they remain neutral? I I mean, I, I was employed by the federal government for Half of my life, half of my working life, something like that, right? In different positions. Only it was the courts and the justice. Mm-hmm. And even going back to the early days before we got terribly ethical, mm. you had a, you, you couldn't get extra money unless you disclosed it. Yeah, not individually. And, uh, what we should have, under normal ethical circumstances, is you shouldn't have to. This should be filed every year. So if for some strange reason Fauci gets royalty checks, 
in addition to being the highest paid government employee, there should be a form filed every year that shows you who paid it, how much it was, and what it was for. Right. Why are we hiding it from the public? Yeah. Worse than that, when they were asked to show it, they hid it. Yeah. So you, I don't know, unless I'm too suspicious or paranoid, it's not something wrong here. <laughs> Think your homeowner's insurance covers home title fraud? <laughs> Think again. And neither does your common identity theft program. The FBI calls home title fraud one of the fastest growing crimes, which is why you need to go to HomeTitleLock.com, America's leader in home title protection. Here's the problem. The deed to your home is the only document that proves you own it. And the deeds to all of our homes now are online. In minutes, a criminal can find and forge your name off the deed to your home and refile as the new owner. Like Jeff, who spent a fortune in legal fees after a thief forged himself onto the deed to Jeff's home and took out loans. Jeff didn't have home title lock then. He does now. Or Deborah, who thought our common identity theft service would protect her. Then a criminal got onto the deed to a home and had her evicted. Deborah has home title lock now. HomeTitleLock.com is your peace of mind, and the deed to your home is protected. Visit HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. You know what I always get afraid of when people do the Freedom of Information Act, which I'm very happy lawyers do it, groups do it to keep the government righteous <laughs> and transparent. I'm always afraid they're going to destroy documents. And I'm not saying they're going to do it, but I just, I do fear that, that they'll destroy documents. But this is a blockbuster. I, in one of my laboratories, we had a program where we would, um, because certain things were recycled, we would get money back from a company, but it couldn't go to an individual person. It went to the organization. When did this get disclosed out? last Wednesday in the House Appropriations Subcommittee. And so this is a, the committee is under the direction of Democrat. So it's still disclosed. Yeah. Which is a little surprising. Yeah. And, um, and if the government changes, you know, in a few months, the Republicans will be in charge of that committee. It might be very different in terms of how much gets disclosed and how quickly. I mean, the, I mean, the minute you told me 20... 09 to 2014. I'm saying to myself, I want to see 2014 to, to and you pandemic. Know, right. And and one can think it's going to be a lot bigger royalty checks during the pandemic. And how do they know it's uh, about $350 million to that period? You know, I couldn't. I tried to do research on that because quite a few articles contained to that $350 million number. And I, I don't have clarity on that. Because that's six years. Three hundred and fifty million in just six years. Yeah, that's all. I mean, yeah, uh, that's real money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 that, and does it influence those scientists? Well, does I mean, it influence the decision makers saying where that thirty billion dollar grant money goes to? Are we really following the science? Yeah, no, I'm asking the universe. A that's a rhetorical yeah, question. Yeah. Where did the thirty-one million dollars that went to the Biden family? Did that influence them? But there, there's something else of equal concern, isn't there? That 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 is that's come out. But it like even this, this should have been front page New York Times, every Washington newspaper. Post, yep. Fauci, who now has become a controversial figure, particularly with 
best-selling book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., several others. Um, it should have been on the front page of the New York Times. I mean, yeah. hidden, with a Republican, hidden payments to Fauci amounting yeah. to millions. You know, the American Hospital Association, which I used to belong because I was a hospital CEO, just bestowed an award on the best one in the country. <laughs> the just bestowed an award to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now there's so much information out about him. This is breaking news. So they probably didn't know about this prior, but I do hope that they look in the mirror and rescind that award because we can't glorify people who do things for money or people who um, block the American public from seeing what's happening within their department that we pay for. The second one you're going to talk to us about is, um, to, to me, is even more disturbing because from the day that Fauci said that he, 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 he didn't buy into the idea that the Chinese sent this all around the world, because after all, it would kill Chinese people and the Chinese scientists would never do that. I knew he was a liar. Yes. Or the stupidest man in the world. <laughs> uh, or most uneducated. China has eliminated 60 million of its own people. Yeah. Bare minimum. Okay. You might say that was a while ago. Yeah, like two years ago. Yeah. Or how about right now? They're trying to exterminate the Uyghurs, right? Mm -hmm. They're trying to exterminate the Falun Gong. They do a pretty good job of killing Christians, mm -hmm. right? They want to control the Catholic Church. They want yeah. to appoint bishops to the church. Up until recently, they killed girl babies oh, well, after they were born. You still, you think they, they'll still do that? <laughs> you know, if you walked into into uh, the office of any of the Communist Party uh, uh, leaders and you told them, oh, a terrible thing happened. We had a terrible earthquake. We lost 200 million people. They'd say, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, for this guy to say that they give a damn about human life, shows hopelessly naive or crippled. You know, Rudy, I've been on several podcasts with you at the start of the pandemic till today, and we often talked about Dr. Fauci's role. We know through EcoHealth and Dr. Fauci's department, we, the government, our tax dollars, supported gain of function. And we knew we did it in Wuhan, China, and I always had an ethical issue that Dr. Fauci didn't stand up and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we got to shut down everything right away because this is a man-made, genetically formed virus and we got to save mankind. So I've always, always wanted to talk to him to ask him more about that. But yes, let's well, talk about, about... About this, this, the way you explain it's going to be easy, but a lot of people will find... Is this about genome sequence? Right. Now, I have not read the transcripts from the House Appropriations Subcommittee, and I only have information from what's reported, so it's limited. So Dr. Tabak said that we in the NIH suppressed hid information from American scientists. Let me explain this a little bit. So I knew that the Chinese were fooling around with gain of function. We were doing in the United States too, out of the University of, of North Carolina with Dr. Barrick. But uh, President Obama's administration put a moratorium on it because too many lab leaks. Thank God nothing happened like in Wuhan, but there was a lot of accidents. So we put a moratorium on in this country. So Dr. Barrick went over and, and worked over at the Wuhan lab of virology. 
So they were very, very proud. I would read it in scientific magazines, how proud they were. The one that's called the Bat Lady, uh, Dr. Shi Yang Li, um, she would publish in Nature magazine beginning in 2013 and maybe prior. So they would put up those genome sequences for their scientific community. They were very proud of it. So in September of 2019, when the communist Chinese military came into the lab and started taking control, those genome sequences disappeared from the in the Chinese community. Nobody could access it anymore. In other words, they had been on like websites for the benefit yeah, like of a particular scientists? yeah certain, yep. certain websites yes available to Americans as well. Uh, that I don't know. Available to the Chinese. I assume, yeah, sure. for sure to the Chinese, maybe American. So move forward, we know of the genome sequence from the Chinese scientists. So we put it on our scientific community website because people should know, right? You have a patient, you have patients dying. You want to know, you want to figure out how to treat. And a lot of times those genome sequences can tell you that in, in their predictors of certain things. This the genome sequencing for the COVID-19? Correct. For the specific COVID-19. Correct. Originally called the Novo, the Novo. Coronavirus, meaning new coronavirus. Uh, Novo coronavirus. Yep. And I like to call it CCP virus. Yeah. So originally, this was out there until September 2019. In the chi in China. Yes, they weren't hiding it. Yep. All of a sudden, it gets taken away, which kind of is an indication that things go back. You've always said. I've always said. I believe it started circulating in August of 2019. <laughs> yeah. So then, when we published the genome sequencing. Yeah. So it could be available, rightfully we so. We've known it from. Way back then. I don't I know. It, and that's, know that's the thing that whether it's the House Appropriation Committee or another committee needs to dig deeper. This isn't fair to us that we know only this much of the surface. But it does get published here for the scientific community. And this is this is where what Dr. Tabak said. Per the request of the Chinese scientists, but remember now it's not a regular Joe Chinese sci scientist. It's the scientists that belong to the Communist yeah, the CCP, Party. The yeah, CCP the CCP. The they about. request to Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci to remove it, and we complied. No. Now this is so well, it's so serious because what about mankind? What about human lives? So it does need further investigation, but it's breaking news on your show. Not long ago, Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow and his team fit me for my very own MyPillow. They also introduced me to their wide assortment of other incredible products, like their mattress topper, their sheets, towels, slippers, and more. Sleep is incredibly important to me, and I can assume for all of you. It's time you give MyPillow a try and see for yourself. Listeners have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today, and Mike Lindell wants to give back to all of you. You can get great discounts on MyPillow products by going to MyPillow.com right now and seeing each of the specially priced items, including those in the Radio Listener Special Square. You're going to see rotational offers up to 66% off on products like their pillows, mattress topper, Giza sheets, but also new products like their slippers, weighted blankets, robes, 
and waffle blankets. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter promo code RUDY for these great specials. That's MyPillow.com and use the promo code RUDY. Well, could you could you give us the date? Uh, so if we do the date sequence, <laughs> I don't want to get too many sequences. Yeah, we're we do about- the date sequence in September of uh, 2019, they have it published. And they, they have the sequ- genome se- sequencing published without any fear. But people can access it. We don't know how long it was up, right? But we know it was up on that yeah. date. Yeah. Uh, they, all of a sudden, they take it down. You have to remember, the Chinese bragged. They they loved. They had up until then. they got so many praise for for manipulating the bat coronavirus. But, but then they changed their tune. Then they but, changed okay. their tune so when, when there was a leak day. or deliberate. I don't know. Up until that date, you can get it. All of a sudden, it disappears from the Chinese. Correct. And then all of a sudden, in March, I think it was you told me March of March of twenty twenty reappears on our yep. website. Yep, we which, must. Which one, you know? I don't know. It belongs. It's a data set. It's a it's a website from the NIH and where those things are published, and it disappeared. So it is a little bit confusing, and the testimony is a little bit speaking out of both mouth, both sides of Dr. Tabak's well, mouth. Dr. Tabak said that we had it published. It was up in March. 2020. And then all of a sudden it was taken down. Why was it taken down? Dr. Tabak testified that it was a request from a Chinese scientist and that Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci complied with the request. Now, this is where it's a little confusing because the congressperson kept pushing him. So that means we don't have that original genome sequences. Because remember, now the virus has changed a lot. And we have the current ones. We want that original one. Of course. And she pressed him and pressed him. Well, we have it, but we can't get it. The system it could be on is very archaic. And it would take a scientist to write to NIH to formally request it. So the congressman again says, so we, someone could get it. Well, because of the way it was taken down and it wasn't done, it should have been suppressed instead of hidden. Uh, I don't know if they could get it. So it was very, very confusing. And again, we either need the transcript from that committee to be released or we need further investigating. Do we know if they, they're so happy about issuing subpoenas uh, that violate the attorney-client privilege of the Constitution of the United States? Did they issue a subpoena for the original document? That I don't know. I really only do no surface information at this time, but I wanted to bring it to your audience because we need to ask a lot of questions. The, 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 re- the reality is that this is another indication of how Fauci and people around Fauci were serving the Chinese Communist government. Correct. Almost as if they were employees. Remember, it was Fauci who objected to Trump cutting off Chinese coming into this country, which eventually he had to admit might have saved 500,000 to a million lives. Right. And remember, it was called, what was he called? A xenophobe, a racist, Mm. a bum, a creep. So unfortunate. Yeah. By the present uh, occupant of the the White House, who would have, uh, if he were there, had another 500,000 to a million Americans killed because he's completely compromised by China. We don't know about Fauci, but we do know that Biden is. Well, I mean, this is an extraordinary... um, this is an extraordinary disclosure. 
it's also extraordinary that it's so um, modestly covered. This is this is information that is. Um, this is blockbuster information. This is about human lives. This is about a government agency which is supposed to be transparent to the American people. It's not about lining your pockets. He already makes Dr. Fauci a very good living in these royalty checks that went to him and hiding the genome sequences. He, right now, he should be fired or put on leave until further well, investigation. He's an investigator like these professors who cooperate with China or they've been prosecuted and put in prison. Hmm. I mean, to take down the genome sequencing in and of itself would be uh, uh, something that could be criminal or it could be unethical or uh, certainly would be a matter of concern. But to do it on behalf of a country that wants to basically destroy the United States, they want to take over world leadership for the United States, acknowledged by... Uh, by uh, 2048 or 49 that is acting uh, in a very, very uh, hostile way toward Taiwan, like they want to start a war with the United States, is has done nothing to stop Russia from trying to exterminate the people in, in uh, Ukraine. This is an enemy of the United States. Uh, this is extraordinary. Well, doctor, as usual, as usual, you're ahead of the, you're ahead of the, you're ahead of the class. <laughs> and, um, uh, I particularly want to thank you for this because this is information that um, is going to help our country protect ourselves because unfortunately we're not being protected and uh, people like you and people who are listening, we're going to have to protect ourselves by getting out this information Correct. and staying on top of it. And I know you I know within a week or two, you'll have this whole thing. And I'm you'll hoping. Back and you'll, oh, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get, there's nobody better on this subject than Dr. Maria. Nobody better. Without doubt, from the beginning, you the chart would be unbelievable. Well, thank you very, very much. Excellent. Excellent You're welcome. work for the United States. So uh, there we are. Um, how much more do we need to know about Fauci and his whole operation and what's going on there within uh, the deep state? I mean, people ask me, is there really a deep state? I say, are you kidding me? Uh, they're getting checks. Government employees getting checks that aren't, first of all, aren't disclosed every year, like I thought we all ought to do. And then when the, you, they ask for disclosure, they fight. They try to hold it back. When they finally do disclosure, they, they don't tell you how much or who gave you the money. How do you figure it out there's a conflict? If you don't know how much and who gave it to you. It doesn't that have to, unless these people just like to screw around, has to indicate what we call in the law, guilty knowledge. That's the kind of thing that puts you in jail. Second one is, the second one, I won't comment on, I'll get too angry. A phone call from a Chinese scientist telling you to take down a genome sequencing and you comply with it? From a Chinese scientist? A Chinese, I mean, any scientist in China is a Chinese communist scientist. You know, when the doctor said the military went into the lab, the military controls all the labs. They do military work in every one of their labs. That lab did military work. That's why there's an issue. Were they trying to create a bio, biochemical uh, weapon of some kind? I don't know. I don't know the evidence of that, but this was a military lab. They all are controlled by the army of the Communist Party. So once again, uh, the good doctor comes to the rescue and raises an issue that we're just going to stay on. And I, I think people like-minded, uh, like you and me, are going to stay on this because it's becoming very, very clear now that this um, this whole pandemic 
is a scam of the highest order. Well, uh, check, check a couple of days to <laughs> absorb that. We'll be back with a podcast in a day or two. And again, my uh, deep appreciation to Dr. Maria Ryan. She's, she's just exceptional. And uh, this has to be explored. You know we're not going to let it go. Thank you. And God bless America. Today, we live in the United States, the Democrat Party. What do you think of it? Massive inflation, gas prices through the roof, diesel prices, which costs all of us an enormous amount of money since all 18-wheelers use diesel, lack of baby formula, limited amounts of meat available, and that price is going through the roof, lack of fertilizer to grow wheat and corn, empty shelves, uh, supply chain problems, this is what happens when you have a political party that has been radicalized, the Democrat Party, that embraces these various American Marxist movements and is at war with our economic system, with our private sector, and with the American people themselves with open borders and trying to say, change citizenship. Uh, and no, I'm not one of those putinoids uh, who, in the media, in the various parties, the Republican Party and Democrat Party, who seem to believe that if only we wouldn't help the Ukrainians to survive against the onslaught by the Russians, that somehow these things would be addressed by our government and be improved. That's idiocy. That's insanity. The people in charge of our government would continue to do exactly what they're doing, which is undermining the prosperity, success, representative nature of this republic. And I want to talk about the, the courts uh, briefly. And by the way, later tonight, we have two great guests, Ken Starr and Senator Mike Lee, two constitutional experts. Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution says, among other things, and many things, that the executive shall faithfully execute our laws. It's called the Faithful Execution Clause, or the Take Care Clause. The executive is under a duty to faithfully execute the laws of Congress and not ignore them, even if they disagree with them. And I'll go even a step further. George Washington made the point himself. He said, it is my duty to see the laws executed, to permit them to be trampled upon with impunity would be repugnant to that responsibility. Two presidents, Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton, were both impeached by the House, at least in part, for violating their take care clause duties. Because as you can imagine, if the executive isn't going to enforce laws that have been passed and signed by the executive, perhaps a prior president, then we have complete anarchy. Abraham Lincoln looked at this section of the law, too. And he said about the Constitution, the faithfully execute clause, in 1838, in a speech at the Young Men's Lyceum of Springfield, Illinois, when I so pressingly urge a strict observance of all the laws, let me not be understood as saying there are no bad laws, but I do mean to say that although bad laws, if they exist, should be repealed as soon as possible, still, while they continue in force, for the sake of example, they should be religiously observed. Washington, Lincoln, the founders. So what am I talking about? We currently have six Supreme Court justices in one state or another of extremists. Uh, Samuel Alito, 
the author of the first draft involving Roe v. Wade and Casey. He and his family have been in hiding. Other justices have, have had to have special security. And the security has been provided by, among others, the governor of Virginia and the governor of Maryland. Where has the Department of Justice been and the FBI been in the early stages of this onslaught against the justices? Where have they been? They've been AWOL. A Department of Justice that throws all its resources at people parading and trespassing on the lawn of the Capitol building. I'm not even talking about those who, who were violent. On the lawn of the Capitol building and have treated these people in a horrendous manner, many of them still in jail without having an actual hearing. That Supreme Court. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's actually a federal law, a federal law that compels the Biden administration and his appointees to act. That's what I'm talking about, about the faithfully execute clause. And to fail to faithfully execute these laws, particularly under conditions like this, is an impeachable offense. It's been done before. Presidents have been impeached for failing to faithfully execute the law. I'm not talking about, oh, look at this word in a phone call discussion with Ukraine. No. This is black and white. This is actual law. 18 U.S. Code 1507, picketing or parading. I brought this up a week or so ago. Others have repeated it, and it needs to be underscored. Whoever, with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice, not Chuck Schumer and his politics and so forth, the administration of justice, or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer in the discharge of his duty, pickets or parades, in or near a building housing a court of the United States, or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer, or with such intent uses any sound, truck, or similar device or resorts to any other demonstration in or near any such building or residence, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both. That is exactly what's happening to six targeted justices appointed by Republicans. Now, I should mention, after Roe v. Wade was handed down 49 years ago and since the Casey decision in Pennsylvania, there weren't pro-lifers picketing, parading, violating federal law in the homes of the justices who ruled, in my view, the wrong way. And we don't have that sort of thing every time one side wins and one side loses, whether it's Obamacare or anything else. The reason this law is in place, because it's not free speech to intimidate justices. It's not free speech to try and coerce an outcome. Nancy Pelosi, she gave it up the other day. She said, yes, she supports these protests, because if they can get the justices even to change the quote-unquote harshness of this first draft, it would be important. So we know what their objective is. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the whole conga line of Democrats in Congress and in the media are demanding that this mob, this permanent mob that the Democrats seem to have in place, where they signal them with language, with outrage, and could in fact create violence and have in the past, like in 2020, this permanent mob is being used to try and pressure the Supreme Court. It is a disgusting outrage. The court is supposed to be independent. And when they do find the perpetrator who leaked, I guarantee you the left will want to have a ticker tape parade for that individual. They won't care if they're disbarred or not.
They'll be viewed as some kind of great civil rights leader. And then the other day, the Senate said it wanted to codify Roe versus Wade. They came up short, 51 to 49. Every Democrat voted for this except for Manchin. But that's not what they voted for. The Roe decision has three trimesters. That's what a trimester is. The first trimester, the mother has to say. The second trimester is quite ambiguous. The third trimester, that is, before birth, the state has a specific interest in protecting a baby because the reasoning was, not constitutional reasoning, just reasoning was, that at that point it's viable. Casey took it a step further. But what the Democrats in the Senate, all but one, supported wasn't Roe versus Wade. It wasn't even Casey. It was the most extreme, barbaric form of abortion possible. Abortion right up to birth. Right up to birth. There's no Supreme Court decision that says a state must honor such a viewpoint. What did this Supreme Court do? Nothing yet, but in its first draft, what would it do? It says, we have no role in this. There's nothing in the Constitution for us. You, the people, you, the states, you figure this out. They didn't ban abortion. They could have, under the theory of the left, right? They could have. They left it to the people to decide and the state legislatures to decide, as most cultural issues need to be decided. They didn't do what the New York Times said either, set the stage to outlaw interracial marriage. How absurd. The court specifically says in three different parts, and one part emphatically, we do not adjudge any other issue related to rights, none, that this is unique because it involves another human being. Therefore, in this specific laser-focused decision, we reject the past decisions as being incorrect. It's up to the states and the people thereof. No woman in the United States who wants an abortion won't be able to get an abortion. They might be, have to travel to another state. It might be inconvenient, but so what? As I said the other day, we ship illegal aliens all over this country, 1,000 miles from the border, 2,000 miles from the border, buses, trains, planes. There's organizations out there. The government's doing it left and right. So this isn't about merely a woman's right, but the Democrats wanted abortion right up to a minute before birth. I wonder if the American people support that. The answer is no. Now, we don't leave these issues up to surveys and polls. The Supreme Court's ruling on the Constitution. If we left it up to surveys and polls, we wouldn't need a judiciary, and we wouldn't need lifetime appointees, now would we? But I noticed that the Democrat Party wants a result that it demands, whether the American people support it one way or the other. You know, when I was a young guy, getting a little old these days, I remember on public TV and other channels, they would show the, the, the magic of birth. The magic of birth. Now, if what we're talking about here is not a baby, but a choice, and by the way, the science tells us it's a baby, but if you have to dehumanize the baby in order to push your agenda, and if it's nothing but a choice, and there's only one person involved, and if it becomes an inconvenience, as the Secretary of Treasury basically said in testimony the other day, Secretary Yellen, look, you know, women want to get on with their work and so forth, and this can essentially be an inconvenience. 
that kind of a cold-blooded view, if it's not a human being, then I have a question to ask you, America. Why haven't we ever seen partial birth abortion on PBS or the Discovery Channel? What the Democrats voted for and wanted to impose on every corner of the United States, on every person in the United States. Why haven't we ever seen the process where the brain is sucked out of the baby's skull in order to crush it? And in the womb, it's turned around so it is removed feet first. Why don't we get to see that? Why is that censored? I mean, it's not a human being, it's not a baby. You know damn well why. Because it is a baby. And to believe what the left believes, you have to believe women aren't women, babies aren't babies, death isn't death. These are just choices and rights. The Democrat Party reminds me a little bit of Trotsky. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we've talked about American Marxism, but Trotsky sort of modified Marxism in a way. You know, Lenin, before he died after the Russian Revolution, said Marx doesn't tell us how to govern. And so there were battles over that. Trotsky lost, and Stalin wound up assassinating Trotsky. Stalin argued for an all-powerful state party that would ensure the revolution and enforce it, and obviously eliminate those who would obstruct it. Trotsky believed in a permanent revolution, constant anarchy, constantly stirring the pot from the bottom up. Doesn't that kind of define the Democrat Party, whether it comes to the border, whether it comes to the Supreme Court, whether it comes to inflation, the police, the military? They're in a constant chain, uh, uh, state of revolution. Want to see more Mark Levin? Go to levintv.com and subscribe now.